This is KVMR FM Nevada City, KCPC Camino. Today is Wednesday, November 24th. It's 6 p.m. and it's time for the KVMR Evening News. Good evening. I'm Claudio Mendoza. A recent uptick in smash-and-grab crime is pushing law enforcement in many California jurisdictions to cooperate in order to bring those involved to justice. And despite more and more development, there are still places in the Golden State where one can experience a starry night free from light pollution. One such place is in the Mojave Desert, where it's so dark that it may soon be designated as an international dark sky sanctuary. After regional news and weather, Felton Pruitt talks with Viv Tipton, executive director of Hospice of the Foothills. We close tonight with a commentary by Shirley Frerichs. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. Prosecutors from across the Bay Area have joined the San Joaquin County District Attorney's Office in hopes of stopping the recent spate of organized crimes targeting retailers and shopping districts. The joint effort will also target anyone involved in fencing operations where the products that are stolen from stores might be resold for a profit. This all comes as recent smash and grab robberies across California have gotten the attention of local and state officials. In Los Angeles, three people have been taken into custody after a Nordstrom store was broken into earlier this week, with the thieves grabbing thousands of dollars worth of merchandise. L.A. Police Chief Michael Moore says the department plans to step up patrols at high-end retailers following the incident. And in San Francisco, nine people have been charged with felonies for their roles in similar crimes in Union Square and other parts of the city. Governor Newsom is directing the CHP to increase its presence in shopping areas across the state. A year-long study on a part of the Mojave Desert says the night sky there is really, really dark. So much so, it might earn the rare distinction as an international dark sky sanctuary. With more, here's KCRW's Kaylee Wells. There are about 180 official dark sky places worldwide. To get on that list, you have to be above a certain brightness magnitude. Anything lower than a measurement of 16 is a light-polluted site, above 21, and it's very dark. A team of interns studied the brightness at the Mojave Trails National Monument, which is wedged between Joshua Tree and the Mojave National Preserve. Over the course of a year, it averaged a magnitude of 21.5. That's good news for stargazers, but it's also good news for wildlife. Less artificial light means less disruption to migration patterns and circadian rhythms. Now the 1.6 million acre monument has to apply to get official recognition, a process that typically takes one to three years. For the California Report, I'm Kaylee Wells in Los Angeles. Let's turn to a threat from the heavens and what's being done to meet it. A giant asteroid or comet on a collision course with Earth is a staple of science fiction books and movies, like the 1998 film Armageddon. What hit us? Small asteroid fragments. This new one you're tracking, how big? It's the size of Texas, Mr. President. But in real life, an extraterrestrial rock striking our world isn't out of the question, like that asteroid that helped wipe out the dinosaurs 66 million years ago. 
So last night, NASA launched a first-of-its-kind mission from California's Vandenberg Air Force Base called DART, or the Double Asteroid Redirection Test. It's a vehicle that will travel millions of miles through space and then crash into an asteroid on purpose, one that doesn't pose a threat to our world. Here to talk more about all of this is Jason Davis with the Pasadena-based Planetary Society, a space advocacy group. So, Jason, before we get to the particulars of this mission, Let's talk more about the threat to Earth from other things whipping around the cosmos. Yeah, so we know that throughout history, um, we've had some pretty significant uh, objects that have hit the Earth. These are, we say objects, that usually just means asteroids or comets, just kind of a catch-all term. And, you know, the right size rock and the right direct hit could cause actually major de uh, devastation over a major city. If we were to get, say, a direct hit uh, on, say, New York City, you could potentially have you know, hundreds of thousands of people be killed. That'd be very rare. And, you know, most of the earth is covered in water. So, you know, we don't expect that to happen, but it is an actual threat that we need to think about. Hmm. So let's turn to this mission, uh, the DART mission uh, that, that's been launched. What will it do? Yeah, so we know that if we discover an asteroid that's uh, on course to hit earth with enough time that we can do something about it, there's lots of different potential ways that we might be able to deflect it. Um, just nudge it enough off its course so that it misses Earth. And one of the most straightforward ways is called the kinetic impactor. And that just means you take a spacecraft um, and you just ram the asteroid as fast and hard as you can. And if you hit it right, um, that will be enough if it's far enough away from Earth that um, you just barely knock it off course. A tiny little course correction when it's far away can be all the difference and, and end up making it miss Earth. And um, what we're doing or what NASA is doing with this DART mission, um, it, it's going to be a 10 month uh, journey to get out to these. It's actually two asteroids. Um, we have this big asteroid called Dimorphos, and then it has a little moon called Didymos. And um, we're going to hit the moon of the asteroid uh, in a way that that should change the moon's orbit around the bigger asteroid. And um, it doesn't sound like uh, much, but from the ground, uh, astronomers can actually measure you can't see the two asteroids themselves. They just look like one point of light, but they kind of brighten and dim on regular intervals as sure. one asteroid circles the other one. And they'll be able to see a slight change in that frequency of it brightening and dimming to kind of validate that, yes, this did uh, cause a measurable impact. So I guess the big idea here is that this test is essentially a proof of concept that we can do this. And maybe one day, if we really had to do this for real against a, an asteroid or a comet that was heading our way, we'd be able to do that, knock it out of the path of Earth, essentially. Yeah, and they've, you know, it's been theorized, you know, depending on like how big the asteroid is um, and the course it's on, you know, it may take, say, a fleet of spacecraft hitting it. And that might be a situation where you need to get the world space agencies all involved together and you send a small fleet of spacecraft at it to hit it one after another. Or maybe you hit it once and then you measure the change that was made and say, mm, we need to nudge it a little bit more this way. So you send another couple spacecraft. And um, yeah, so this is our first time that we just are going to test and say, did we do something? Did we actually move it? You know, they obviously think they're going to, but you want to test it out and see exactly how accurate uh, you were in your, um, your theories. And uh, yeah, then the idea would be that if this, if this happened with enough time, we could actually do this and save the earth potentially. All right. That is Jason Davis of the Planetary Society. Jason, thank you so much for joining us on the California Report. Hey, thanks so much for having me. 
Support for the California Report comes from Water Heaters Only, specializing in the repair and replacement of water heaters since 1968. Licensed and insured, open 24 hours a day, every day. Learn more at waterheatersonly.com. Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Futures, focused on finding exceptional people and helping them do more for others together, on the web at schmidtfutures.com. And Stanford Medicine, protecting your health and providing dependable care with safe in-person appointments and video visits. StanfordHealthCare.org slash AdaptingCare. And that's this edition of the California Report for Wednesday, November 24th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Saul Gonzalez. Thanks so much for listening. And if you're traveling today for Thanksgiving, be safe out there. Nevada County is reporting 17 new lab-confirmed COVID-19 cases today. 222 are active. 11 are listed as hospitalized. Three new deaths were reported. With many gathering for Thanksgiving, Nevada County Public Health Officer Dr. Scott Kellerman offered some advice in a media Q&A earlier today. It's Thanksgiving. Our virus in our community is still at a relatively high level. So a lot of virus circulating, so we really encourage everyone to be safe. And there are ways that you can have a safer Thanksgiving than otherwise. If you travel, the most vulnerable time is when you're in the airport. On the airplane, everybody wears a mask and it's safe, but watch out for the airport. We encourage a layered approach, immunizations, and of course, masking, and then distancing. So if you travel, hope you're immunized and, and of course, wearing a mask and you can distance. If you're sick, stay home. We encourage everybody, if you're going to visit folks, particularly if they're vulnerable, please get a test. Uh, you can get an antigen test. The results are available in 15 minutes. If it's positive and you feel fine, you still have the virus. So then you would have to isolate if you're gathering in a communal space, make sure there's plenty of fresh air. The weather report seems to indicate it's going to be 60 degrees and, um, you know, it's relatively balmy. So um, get a good ventilation in the house and whatever you can do outside, please do. And I think our encouragement from public health is um, share the turkey and the good cheer, but not the virus. Dr. Glenna Trochet also weighed in. As uh, Scott said, it is a layered approach. Uh, just a reminder that not only are vaccines available, but everyone who wants a booster and meets the time requirement of having had uh, the second dose of an mRNA vaccine six months ago or the dose of the J&J vaccine two months ago uh, and are 18 years of age or older, you can have a booster if you want one. And the booster really does seem to increase the antibodies and the uh, defenses for everyone. So it's a good idea to get the booster. Uh, if you didn't have a chance to do it before Thanksgiving, you can get it afterwards and then you'll have that, that immunity for Christmas. If you're going to be gathering with people who are not fully immunized, shorter is better and outdoors is better. And wearing masks if you're going to be indoors is a good idea. As Scott said, if you're sick, stay home, even if you don't have COVID-19. You really don't want to spread the flu or any other bug to other folks. If you're all fully immunized and you still test and somebody tests positive, that person needs to isolate. People who are fully vaccinated in the household will not need to quarantine. But if you have unvaccinated people and somebody in that household tests positive, the people who are not vaccinated do need to stay home too, because you don't want them to be spreading it uh, unknowingly to others. The idea is to have fun and be safe. And one other thing to talk about is not just the boosters, but also flu shots. It's not too late to get a flu shot. 
So after Thanksgiving, if you haven't had the flu shot, it's a good time to get it. And just a reminder that you can get your booster and your flu shot at the same time if you choose to do that. AT&T's Pac Bell will pay up to $1.5 million in a settlement to remove eight miles of telephone cables from Lake Tahoe. Pac Bell agreed to place the $1.5 million in an account to protect it from overruns, despite the estimated cost of cable removing being between $275,000 and $550,000. The agreement was signed by U.S. Magistrate Judge Jeremy Patterson in Sacramento on November 4th in a lawsuit filed by the California Sport Fishing Protection Alliance in January. The lawsuit said the telephone cables sitting at the bottom of the lake have over 65 tons of toxic lead polluting the water. They were replaced with fiber optic cables during the 1980s and abandoned in the lake, subsequently violating state water quality protections. Pac Bell knew the cables would eventually leak, according to the lawsuit. Under the U.S. Resource Conservation and Recovery Act, the cables are considered solid waste as they contain over three pounds of lead per foot, according to the lawsuit. The lawsuit said lead can lead to cancer and reproductive toxicity. Quote, all of the cables are damaged and discharging lead into the lake. The subsidiary agreement with the alliance states, quote, the parties agree that the defendant makes no admission of liability or of any other issue of law whatsoever regarding the claims made by the plaintiff. Divers of Below the Blue, a nonprofit group, found the cables while removing foreign debris from the lake, which is 1,644 feet deep. That from Newsweek. Turning now to regional weather, in Grass Valley, Nevada City, tonight partly cloudy with a low around 39. Tomorrow, Thanksgiving Day, mostly sunny with a high near 62. In Truckee Tahoe, tonight partly cloudy with a low of 12 degrees. Thanksgiving Day will be mostly sunny with a high near 52. And in Sacramento and the surrounding valley, tonight partly cloudy with a low around 38. On Thanksgiving, mostly sunny with a high near 61. A mega mothership in Grass Valley? No, not the flying kind. Felton Pruitt talks next with Viv Tipton, executive director of Hospice of the Foothills, about the nonprofit's new store. We're talking with Viv Tipton. She's the executive director of Hospice of the Foothills, who are doing a little condensing and moving. So why don't you explain what's going on, Viv? Thank you, Felton. We are consolidating our Grass Valley and Nevada City gift and thrift stores into one mega mothership store. Throughout the pandemic, we identified how challenging having such a spread out footprint was. We currently have two thrift stores and a processing center, which means we truck a lot of supplies and retail merchandise back and forth. And we started to look at the model that would best produce the highest amount of dollars that we're able to put back into our primary service and our mission, which is get to our families, our hospice, our families that are on hospice care. And we were fortunate enough to find a great space on Main Street, on East Main Street, by where Sierra Cinemas used to be. 
and hammer that out. We have had a great experience being in Nevada City and Nevada City and the Grass Valley store over in the Pine Creek Center has really supported us over the years. And we're really excited to bring everybody together and our volunteers as well from having them being so spread out, having them to be all in one space. One big giant store. And when is this all going to happen? Our last week open in the Grass Valley store is this week. Black Friday will be their last day open. We will be open and selling out of the Nevada City store through the month of December. And then January will be all about getting the new store set up. And we're on track right now to open the new store on February 1st. All right. And give people the location once again about where the new store is. It is East Main Street, 840 East Main Street, and it is where, right next to where Sierra Cinemas used to be, Lefty's Taco House is on one end of the complex. We will be taking up the two office settings on the far end of the complex, and then Big A's is right next to us. So you can come, get a bite to eat, and then come shop. And is that where, I think Hughes Road, is that the uh, intersection there on Main Street? Yeah. Yep, Hughes and East Main. And if people want to get more information about Hospice of the Foothills and other things related to you, what would they do? Go to a website, call a phone number. Yep, the website, hospiceofthefoothills.org. All kinds of information there. Our phone number, our direct line is 272-5739. And You know, hospice care sometimes is very challenging for people to make that first call because you're never quite sure until you've gone through it. Call us. There's always somebody at the end of that phone who's going to get you connected to somebody to help you talk about where your loved one might be in their journey. So if there's anything I can put out there, it's that. Call us. Reach out. Um, And if you're not ready to make that call, check out the website. There's a lot of really good information there. Yeah, Viv, I can tell you from experience with my parents at the end of their life, I I wasn't sure exactly what to do either, and I reached out to hospice, and it was the best thing I ever did, so. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. For for me as well, in my own own life as well, my father's journey, we don't need to do it alone. There's a lot of us out here who want to help walk those steps with y'all. And then that's what the thrift store does, is help keep you with your services and support those services. So it's all, all positive stuff. Absolutely. We are funded partially by Medicare and by the federal government, but it does not allow us to provide the care in the manner that we know our community deserves. So donations to our thrift stores and purchasing stuff at our thrift stores is what allows us to say yes each and every time a family calls. And the new store coming early next year to East Main and Hughes. Yes, indeed. All right. Give them the phone number one more time if they want to call hospice. It is 530-272-5739. That's Viv Tipton. She's the executive director of Hospice of the Foothills. Thanks for all the things you guys do. Awesome. Thank you, Felton. There's a lot of waste associated with the holidays. Tonight's commentary is by Shirley Frerichs. Shirley lives in Grass Valley and is part of the Waste Not Citizens Committee, part of Nevada County Climate Action Now. Thanksgiving is a celebration of abundance and gratefulness for all the earth gives us. 
It's also about giving to and caring for the earth. To throw away precious gifts from the earth can be seen as disrespectful. This year, we can honor the earth and also feel plenty full and satisfied. A new definition of abundance takes the environment needs into account. Waste not, want not was the slogan years ago. Food waste also translate into a waste of the resources it took to produce, transport, and prepare the food, water, energy, fossil fuels, labor, and so on. Do you know that around 40% of food produced in the United States never gets used, according to the National Resources Defense Council? From uneaten leftovers to produce that spoils before we get to it, or confusion over date labels, and the science experiment at the back of your refrigerator that once was a delicious dish, time and money are wasted on food that may never be eaten. The bad news is that it feeds the landfills, where it produces methane that becomes greenhouse gases and adds to our climate crisis. Food waste is the third largest source of greenhouse gases, according to Project Drawdown's research. Waste management statistics show that 25% more trash is generated between Thanksgiving and January 1st than any other time of the year. So much food waste can be avoided by being conscious of buying only what is needed. And a list helps. And maybe blinders. The sales are tempting to buy more than is needed. And yet, what has been saved if some of it goes to the trash can and landfill? Perhaps a new definition of abundance is a little more than enough. Overconsumption is a major source of waste overall. California has a mandate for us to divert 75% of waste from the landfills. So reducing food waste is a good place to start. Oh, and if you can avoid a lot of plastic packaging... That would be an extra bonus, since that too creates methane and greenhouse gases in the landfill. Of course, everyone wants to be a generous host and not run out of the favorite dish Aunt Molly used to make that everyone is craving. So the tendency is to make extra that may or may not be eaten. Perhaps having smaller plates is a good idea, so each person takes less the first time around. Then, when their plates are clean, there can be seconds this is good. Eyes are usually bigger than stomachs anyway. Then it's about leftovers. Ask the guests to bring non-plastic container to take excess food home. Freeze those leftovers. Wrap them up. Turkey veggie soup is a famous post-Thanksgiving concoction. Lots more creative ideas are out there too. Feeding the compost pile turns those valuable resources into food for plants that is better than feeding the landfills. In review of a successful holiday meal for guests and hosts, one thought is to take note of what was bought and what was wasted and why. It can be helpful when planning the Christmas extravaganza, all food is used. The day after Thanksgiving, consider taking prepared foods to the hospitality house and non-perishables to other food pantries like our community food bank, food ministries. They feed the people who do not have enough. The holidays are for time for sharing and giving after all. Each of us can be part of the climate solutions this year by making this an earth-friendly holiday that is abundant and yet realistic so all are fed sufficiently and happily without feeding the landfills. Happy Thanksgiving! The views expressed on this show are those of the speakers only and are not necessarily those of KVMR, our board, staff, volunteers, or contributors. 
that concludes our newscast for tonight, Wednesday, November 24th, 2021. Head on over to our website, kvmr.org, where you can listen to this and previous newscasts, learn more about your favorite shows and DJs, and this Friday, your donation will benefit three local nonprofits, KVMR, the Food Bank of Nevada County, and Sammy's Friends. KVMR gets support from the Center for the Arts, presenting Big Bad Voodoo Daddy's Wild and Swinging Holiday Party on Saturday, November 27th at 8 p.m. Tickets and information at thecenterforthearts.org and Pioneer Solar, locally owned in Nevada City with over 20 years of experience, offering residential and commercial consulting and installation. Reminding listeners, solar power is renewable energy, a personal asset, and an investment. Pioneer.solar. Keep it locked. Coming up next is The Sages Among Us. Tonight, host Taylor Wolf will interview Robin Van Valkenburg, Nevada County's Transit Services Manager. And at 7 p.m., it's Democracy Now! Thanks very much for listening. I'm Claudio Mendonça. Stay safe and have a wonderful evening.